Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. I think a lot about access and barriers in many regards, but primarily financially. As a now full-time freelancer, I'm working towards monetizing this podcast because, well, I need to. And I'm approaching this from many angles and trying to find ways that make me feel a little less icky about capitalism, but also leave it available to anybody who wants to support the podcast through whatever means that they have. One new idea for season five is sliding scale sponsorships. I want to offer audio ads to independent artists and small business. Maybe you're curating a show and want to share your call for entry or you're a small nonprofit trying to amplify your mission, or maybe it's your bestie's birthday and you just want to be able to give her a shout out on the podcast. That's cool too. On proceedvaluepodcast.com, go to my support page to submit your proposal. It's really informal. I just want to know your name, what kind of timeline we're working with here, what you want to amplify, and what your budget is. Sliding scale sponsorships I'm asking that they begin at $50. And to put that into perspective for you, my sponsorships have ranged from $300 to $500 and up. If you truly cannot afford $50, there's always room for discussion. This is my podcast, and I am making this all up as I go. Listeners, take advantage of this. I look forward to your proposals. I want to take a moment and thank my newest patrons, MJ and Tiffany. Thank you so much. My current tally is 37 patrons, which is just 63 more patrons away from my season five goal of 100. Link in the description of the podcast to start supporting. Find me, your host and producer on Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Rachel Brown and find the podcast at Perceived Value. During my trip down here to Florida this past May, I made a long overdue visit to Savannah, Georgia. My dear friend Bobby hosted me, and I finally got to meet his very lovely partner, Chelsea. Bob gave me a tour around SCAD, which is Savannah College of Art and Design, for those who are unfamiliar. I got to check out the metal studio. That was really cool. We had a picnic in a park, and I got to reconnect with a handful of jewelers and metalsmiths I hadn't seen in years. It was a short visit, just two days. But I still made time for a very important interview with my friend Paige. Over the past few years, our friendship has grown through what I would describe as a mutual admiration for each other's work. We've never lived in the same place, but we've always kept in touch, usually through social media. I keep buying her jewelry and accessories because I truly adore her aesthetic, and I believe Paige is one of my longest-running patrons on Patreon. We support each other, and it's been exciting to follow along as Paige's skills and technique of a jeweler have grown. I've watched as her brand and business developed and are thriving. And most recently, I loved every moment she shared of her pregnancy. 
That's right. Shout out to baby Francis for not making an early appearance so this interview could happen. In the past year, Paige went full time with her small business and will soon be a working mother. As I release this interview, she's nearing the end of her maternity leave and I'm so happy I was able to capture this moment with her right before she transitioned into the most important job she'll ever have. So please welcome today's guest, Paige Harwell Samick of Dreambowland. Yeah. Wiggle wiggle. <laughs> uh, that TikTok song. Oh, is there okay It's just like the jiggle jiggle song. Just, I'm not really on TikTok. Yeah, don't do it. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I mean you should because you're a social media manager for some people now, you know, but Yeah, but I meant like personally, I know I should. I I created one. Okay. I started yeah, following yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, we started following each other. You're my first person I started following oh, actually. I was like I know sweet. Paige is on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to yeah. like I'm going to that's a goal in G- June. I know yeah. that it's something that you should utilize if you're trying to monetize your, your platforms. It's true. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of artists get really overwhelmed and sometimes it's like okay to say if you don't know how you're going to utilize that or like have it to drive sales or something then I'm mm-hmm. like then don't do it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um I right now I'm just trying to get on TikTok to a thousand followers that way I can mm-hmm. add my <laughs> website to it in my shop because unless you have a thousand followers now you can't do that as a small business on tiktok so how they create those gates i know so i think once i hit uh 1k Mm -hmm. on tiktok then i'll try to start utilizing it for sales more right i didn't give you the whole lecture about not tapping the table but every time it's okay if you want to tap if you really need to get it all out now but once you did that it was like oh she's a table tapper it's so funny so funny the things you learn as a podcast you're like oh you're a table tapper when you talk and then like outside of recording you see people doing it and you're like oh yeah um, do you like table tappers um you know i feel indifferent to them except for when i'm editing and oh. then i don't like them yeah okay i'll keep my hands <laughs> no you're all paranoid oh goodness Paige, no I'm no sorry. no it's fine i'm fi- i'm fine you're fine <laughs> um well it's great too because colin your partner was like oh this room and this table and we should get a tablecloth like thank you he understands i know i love re- recording with like musicians yeah, he even moved the guitars out of the room. And I was like, why did that? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. Um, and it's so funny because I hadn't seen him. Okay. So I'm sitting here with my friend. I call you a friend. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm your friend. I hope. We knew each other before jewelry, which is like. In our punk days. Oh, wow. What year was it that Supersonic Piss was on tour in Seattle? Well, it was for our Spread Eagle tour. Um, I don't think we would call it that now. Yeah. But um, I think that was around 2011. That would make sense. 2010. It'd be 2010 or 2011 because I really wasn't that much of a jeweler yet. Yeah. Uh, Because I started tinkering in 2010 and took my first real workshop in like 2011. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were uh, apprenticing for 
someone when we were there. I okay, think. so that would have been 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have already started. Mm-hmm. Oh, memories. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um, so we know each other. Paige was the lead singer of this punk band, Supersonic Piss, which one of my best friends from Iowa was in. And you lived in Iowa City at that time. I did. So that was the connection, y'all. Iowa. Forever. We love it. And if you've ever lived in Iowa or you have connections there, you get what we're saying where it's like, most people don't know where it's at on a map, which is like shocking to me. Potatoes. And they always think it's Ohio like yeah. now, or Idaho. And I was like, no, Iowa, corn. <laughs> the butcher's head. The butcher's head. What? The butcher's head. Um. <laughs> oh, well, uh. bad Iowa. Half an oaky, okay? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, Louisiana is the boot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, So Paige is fantastic. We're in Savannah, Georgia, where you now live. Mm-hmm. And it's been, we met and then we kept in touch. Um, And then you took some classes. Can you give everybody like a little insight to how you started making jewelry? Yeah, so I went to the University of Iowa, mm-hmm. um, and I took some metalsmithing classes there. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, Jillian Moore was a MFA student at the time, so okay. she was my TA, and um, those were that was my first introduction with metalsmithing. And then I, you know, we moved to Savannah in 2015. And I hadn't taken a metal class since probably 2008. Um, And so I signed up for one here just to kind of reintroduce myself to soldering and Mm -hmm. the torch. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, and I just wanted to expand what Drainbowland had already become. So, yeah. Yeah. So when I so. My perspective of you from someone on the outside, um, I didn't realize that you had went to the University of Iowa, but that makes sense that why you were in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. I also lived in Iowa City, guys. That's the first time I dropped out of college. University <laughs> of Iowa. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, when I met you in the punk band, my friend Lexi was like, oh, she also is doing jewelry. So, of course, I think at the time, maybe it was like, Facebook? What if it? What had it been? Instagram or geez. not yet? Yeah, it would have been like not on MySpace. Maybe like a Tumblr. Oh, I Tumblr. Yeah, it was probably a Tumblr. Probably a Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing your work on there, and it definitely was like cast resin pieces, but like very DIY. Yes. Yeah. Um. So back then, I you know I was a BFA student in painting, and I was using resin. And a lot of my paintings. So I accidentally just kind of started making jewelry one day. And I would cast like bugs and resin. And um, and that's what Drainboland started as was casting bugs and resin in like 2010 or 2011. And I remember. Early years. Yeah. And I remember your stuff was at White Rabbit, which as somebody who lived in Iowa City, was the place I went to to get, like, mm-hmm. cool vintage stuff at that time or whatever. Like, I just... You loved White Rabbit. And the fact that you're like, oh, my stuff's at White Rabbit, I was like, oh, she's legit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know where that boutique is. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was very DIY back then, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, few questions that I love to ask is, you went to University of Iowa. Did you graduate? 
I did. I oh, tried nice. to I tried to drop out a couple times too. <laughs> My dad wouldn't let me. <laughs> Go dad. Uh, uh, but yeah, I graduated in 2009. So it took okay. me a little bit longer. Um but what got me up to Iowa, a lot of people don't know this, is mm. that I um had a scholarship for soccer. Oh, and really? So I was a D1 soccer player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, and then I got kicked off the team and and um that's another story but yeah you know i stayed and got residency and finished up school in 2009 okay so another thing that a lot of people don't know about me is i was a soccer player mm-hmm. but i was not good enough to be division 1 by <laughs> any means but i was good enough that the crew would record would like recruit i think like soccer players that just weren't good enough for iowa but like soccer players made for good um rowers Oh, yeah. Because we had strong cores and legs mm-hmm. and et cetera. And so I got asked to try out. I try out. I made the team. Oh, yeah. Cool. Which is crazy. But so did you have to do that thing where, and I didn't want to be a Division One athlete. I didn't think I really understood what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to do the study tables? Like there was that weird building we had to go and we had to clock in time as athletes. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever, like, and it was everybody. So University of Iowa had this, like, really intense basketball team, football team. And those guys were just, like, sharing tables with us at the study Mm -hmm. spot for all the athletes. And it was, when I was there, it was a new building. Yeah. It was right across from the dorms. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get tutored there, because really no one told me how to go to college. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or what to expect. Yeah. so I was pretty bad at it, you know. Oh, I was first. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say I dropped out of University of Iowa, but I would not been able to get back in. Yeah. I would have had to gone to like a community college to raise my GPA to reapply. So, mm-hmm. but lucky for me, I didn't want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you probably made, I mean, you made the right decision. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah. I feel good about it. Yeah. Um, did you pay for your college or was that why dad was like, nope? Well, um, you know, I so the scholarship covered sixty percent, and mm-hmm. then um, my parents, while I was playing soccer, split the tuition costs. Okay, okay, and then I got residency, and um, and then I paid for the remaining for in-state yeah. tuition. Um, so my dad, in order for me to stay in school, paid for my rent. Oh, got it. Which back then I was like, yeah, of course I'll stay in school, you know, but rent was only $250. <laughs> oh, dad got uh, the good, yeah, good deal right there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he, pay, I, f- I ended up finishing and, um, and I'm have about 20,000 in student loan debt right now. Which isn't that bad. Oh, my God. I hate the fact that my first was like, oh, my God, not bad. It's under 50K. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's a terrible realization that that's a relief. Yeah. But, you know, I'm married, so my husband's student loan debt is also mine. Oh, how's his? Not good. Not good. Okay, (laughs) great. He went to the University of Iowa, but he also went to Luthier School. So, um, yeah, and that was expensive. Mm. Did but, he go to the one that's in Arizona? In Red Wing. In is, Red Wing, Minnesota. Oh, in Minnesota. Right outside Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know another school in Arizona a few friends have gone yep. to. There's only a handful of schools. So yeah. That's Luthiers one of them. are not like 
There's not a ton of them going nope. around. They're a bunch of weirdos, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a custom guitars, guys, or guitars, in case you're like, mm-hmm. huh. or and like any kind of string string instrument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk to Paige about for season five that I'm in a huge transition as I am here with you, Paige. I'm coming through Savannah on my way to moving to Florida for a little while. Um, and so for me, in the forefront of my mind is about these transitions we have in life, which I don't think people talk about them enough. There's books on it, you know, this like process that we go through of change and um, it, whether it be physically or emotionally or et cetera, and all these like big life things that kind of shift the way that we perceive things or experience the world. Um, so that's kind of been my focus. That is my focus. And there's two reasons why I wanted to talk to you. A is because, um, you're very pregnant right now, and you you look cute pregnant. Thanks. Just throwing that out there. You guys, she has this, like, is that cheetah? Leopard print. Leopard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, leopard print, like, dress on, and you're, like, eight months pregnant? Eight and a half? Yeah. I am at 35 weeks. 35 weeks. So, yeah, around eight, eight and a half. And so that was the first thing I wanted to talk about, because as a small business owner, having a child is definitely must shift how you do things of course mm-hmm. um and then the other transition i want to talk about was that you know has as somebody who has like been a client customer of yours and like watched your work and your skill sets grow um and in turn your side hustle turn into like a full-blown business which is incredible to watch especially during the pandemic i feel like i just saw you go from one level to like four levels up like so quickly oh. um I mean, at least that's been my perception of it, you know, the perceived value of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about that and see what that actually was like for you on the other side. Which topic should we jump in first? Oh. How um, you doing, Mama? I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, um, I think, let's talk about how Rainbowland kind of grew. Yeah. Let's you know? do that, because that makes sense. Yeah. Because the pregnancy is like comes later it happened it happened afterwards it happened afterwards (laughs) okay so can you describe to listeners what rainbow land is and what you do okay um rainbow this is the elevator pitch that you're always talking about oh give that elevator pitch girl you gotta have it ready at a moment's notice (laughs) so um rainbow land is my jewelry and accessory brand Mm. i make fun playful nostalgic jewelry and accessories for like your inner child from like the 90s um which is now hitting Mainstream. everyone yeah. <laughs> you know like uh the scad students now are wearing um stuff that we wore yeah. in the 90s and it's just kind of making a comeback and so i've always been drawn to that aesthetic and um those cartoons and those mm-hmm. bright colors and so i use that with resin powder coating metals and any kind of new material i can yeah to work into my brand and you know so a lot of early on i just always remember like for me that's iconic rainbow land is like the melty smiley face sure like that's totally you Mm -hmm. um don't you have that tattooed on your hand 
I have a smiley face on my palm. Okay, there yeah, it is. I didn't yeah. know if it was melty. Well, it's <laughs> I, not I, melty, guys. I still need to get a melty one. I can't believe you don't have a melty smiley That's face true. on your body. Okay. Um, and so for how many years was Dreambow Land like a side hustle for you? Um, you know, I think uh, the name came before the brand, you know, so. Oh, right. Uh, like I started doing going under the name Dreambow Land in like 2010 to 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I didn't start the incarnation of Dreambow Land started, I, I think, like around 2018, 2017. Right. Um, you know. Uh, and what made you kind of decide? So in incarnation, meaning like I'm going to put in the effort and be conscious about like the branding yeah. and the look of it and yes. maybe this will be a business yes so yeah. um when I originally moved to Savannah it was in 2015 and I was making I called it like supernatural jewelry so it was like mm-hmm. I was making molds of crystals and stuff which is big now oh I remember that you remember that yeah um and so which isn't really my aesthetic. I was yeah. I was working with a jeweler in Iowa City, and it was more of their aesthetic. And we kind of broke up when I moved to Savannah. Yeah, um, they taught me a lot of stuff and yeah. it helped Dreamboland move forward. But I would think that you know, around a few years later, once I understood where I wanted the brand to go and who my customer base was, yeah, is when I really started to hone in on that. And I have a friend here mm-hmm. who's an art director, um, and she does a lot of the AD for my shoots, um, photo shoots, and she models. And she's a SCAD student, and she really helped me kind of envision, like around 2019, what Dreamboland should be and mm-hmm. what aesthetic I should take on. Um, oh, wow. That's so amazing that you had somebody to help coach you in that regard. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. did it without batting an eye. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she, um, where it was just so, and it, it was just really important to me. And I'd never seen or heard someone talk about my brand in that way that it opened a lot of doors for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even like how to roll out new collections with colorways how to take Mm -hmm. photos of those collections. And so I kind of um, honed in on that. You know, I started studying other brands. Um, Parade was one of them. Yeah. And how they release their collections. Um, Other hair accessory brands. Um, Yeah, and just seeing what I liked, you know. That makes a lot. I mean, I always do that. It's like, look at who's doing something well that you want to be doing mm-hmm. and kind of emulate or just watch like for tricks and trades. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun for me to watch because I knew you and I knew the beginning. It's been exciting to watch the your brand and your business evolve. Um, and sometimes I think about if I speak at a professional practice class or something like that, I kind of want to just be like, all right. Look at this person's Instagram account that has over 20,000 followers, such as yours, and scroll back four or five years, you know, and then just watch it change the way that Mm -hmm. you post, the way your post looks, et cetera, because you can actually see that happen. Yeah. And I feel like that's an untapped teaching tool that not many people talk about where it's like, go back four years on this person's Instagram and study how it evolves. Yeah, it's and I definitely did that. It's yeah, a, you know, and I do I do that for myself every once in a while, where I'll scroll, 
mm-hmm. and then I'll archive. Oh, <laughs> because I'm like maybe that shouldn't be up anymore. You Damn, know, she's archiving. Um, not everything, but you know, True. stuff that like doesn't align with um what my brand vision is anymore. Yeah, I'll hide. Yeah. Um, but I do like for, fair. I do like for people to see how I grew. Yeah, because it's honest and it's transparent, and I've always tried to be transparent with my brand. Yeah. You know, whether that's with my process videos, um, mainly my process videos. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and how I grow, I oftentimes will open up the conversation to my followers. If they have any questions, I'll try to answer them. Yeah. You know, so. Case in point right I, here. I, yeah. I let I let people glean off of me. Um, but I do have some. I have boundaries, too. Good. You know? That's important. So, yeah. Give some glean. Yeah. And set some boundaries. <laughs> Clean Boom. into it. Clean it. Um, okay, so how many... How do I articulate this? Okay, you were working in a restaurant... I know you worked in restaurants and things, like side hustles, but when was the moment where you were like, oh, Dreambow Land can be full-time, like can support you? Um, like... A year ago, in April, I went full time. Where oh, it's I came, only been a year. Yeah, but I was doing it full time bef- before that. I would say, okay. like, you know, um, in 2020, I really started to focus during the pandemic, mm-hmm. teaching myself powder coating after going to Aeromont, right. and um, so I was doing it probably 30 hours a week then. But I still yeah. had a restaurant gig. Or I worked at a coffee um, factory, you know. <laughs> it's not really a factory, but uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I, I a year ago in March we bought our house. Mm-hmm. We had a lot going on with my family, um, and I was Dreamboland was just blowing up. I was opening up the app, and I was. It was a hundred to five hundred follower new followers every day. What crazy? It How was does that happen? Overwhelming, um, because I think some uh, Casey Musgraves followed me, and then you know oh. you get people that have like a few million followers, and your reels are blowing up on top of that. Yeah. So my friend, um, back to her, who was the AD, Charlotte Masters. Yeah. She's she's the one that was just like anytime there is a new feature on Instagram, just jump on it. So I jumped on Reels right when they rolled when they out started. with them. Um, and so I think that really pushed me to the front, and I I gained ten thousand ten thousand followers in a very short amount of time. Um, okay. And so you know my family was going through a lot. We bought the house in March. And I came home, crunched some numbers, got on my website, mm-hmm. and I hadn't done that in a really long time. Yeah. And I was like, I have to quit. I'm making $5,000 a month on Rainbow Land, and I can't fulfill these orders. So, wow. um, and I was behind because then my fulfillment emails would say, takes two weeks to make. Well, it, I was so behind. It was taking me a month, yeah, five weeks to make because I just wasn't used to that many orders. Um, right. I didn't have the materials on hand. Um, 
And it was just me going through a hard time <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the moment, you know. Hey, our mental <laughs> state affects our productivity. Yeah, and yeah I, it really yeah. does. So um, I came home and I was told, calling my husband, uh, I got to quit the job. Maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll keep one day a week. And he was like, no, you just need to quit. And so I, it was just kind of yeah. spur of the moment decision. Oh, yeah. And he backed me. And I went in the next day and was just like here's my two weeks yeah and then a week later I was like I can't work this week (laughs) (laughs) you're like my business is yeah too good yeah and so I do remember you posting like a few people wearing your work but I wouldn't say that that's something that has really struck me you got like coverage in the New York Times that was insane yeah did you quit your job before or after the New York Times before so I quit my job in April of 2021 Right. The New York Times article came out in August of 2021. Oh, okay. So by then I had already had, I think, around like 20,000 followers. Right. By the time the New York Times article came out. so And that's pretty substantial these days on Instagram. Yeah. So I remember my brother asking me, um, how many more followers do you think until you can go full time? And I was at 10,000 then. And I said, I think in another 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> and it was right. You know, it was just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think something that's really interesting that we haven't acknowledged in this conversation is that we are looking at the analytics of your like social media following as your milestones or touch points, like in terms of like your <laughs> business growth. Yeah. And I don't think everybody is the same. I put you in the same category as. Oh, shoot. I'm not going to be able to say them off the top of my head, which you probably would. Like, you and, like, Michelle, what is her name? The, like, fashion stylist. Michelle Norris. Yes. Like, if she's wearing your work, Mm -hmm. I feel like you definitely are in that same realm. Or, like, um, what's the hair clips? Chunks. Chunks, who I knew in Seattle. I bought a pair of tights from her when she was, like, hand dyeing tights years ago. Oh, wow. That's back in the day. Oh, and, yeah. I have a dress from her, too. Cool. I love it. Um... You know, there's these certain categories or like room shop vintage, which yeah. is in the Bach building I'm in Philadelphia. So like I their scrunchies and stuff, but mm-hmm. like they sell out of everything yeah. so fast. You guys are all in this category of like small batch, well-made, contemporary design forward accessories that just slay it on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and I don't know, like, what do you think is the common thread there that, like, works so well on that platform for sales? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, our aesthetic is very similar and our customer bases, too. Yeah. Um, you know, Shelly of Room Shop is someone that I, we reach out to one another often mm-hmm. and you know um just give each other advice or complain or um yeah you use one another's resources um tiffany jew with chunks has also like helped me out and Mm -hmm. um both have been in the raffle but i i don't know the common denominator is just like michelle norris um she is an influencer for all of our brands yeah but she doesn't charge us she just wants to support these oh, so small does she buy things she she doesn't buy things but i do send her them oh but she but, won't charge you to post on them yeah she doesn't charge for content which is highly unusual 
Like, oh. so Michelle Norris is just someone who loves to support small women-owned businesses. Okay, let's give her a handle out right now, because, like... It's Michelle it? Norris Photo. Okay, and I follow her because... I love the way that woman oh, puts things together. And she's so amazing. Much colorful mm-hmm. and her partner's really designed for it as well. Yeah. And they run Tropico Photo. Okay. And so they do brand work. Got it. So, and she's grown. She's grown. Like when I started sending her stuff, she went from 30,000 to 80, you know. Damn. But, and she's, but she's works with a lot of brands, I think. But she keeps it um, on point for yeah. her brand herself for Tropico photo. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um there's so many things I want to talk about. Okay, next one is let's crunch some numbers before we get into things and don't let me forget I want to circle back to Instagram ads and how you've monetized Instagram. Okay. And social media platforms. I think that's really important. But first, can I ask some questions? Some uh number questions for me? Sure. <laughs> um what do you make as a living through Dreamboland? Like, how have you figured out how, what you pay yourself through your business? Um, so I'm registered as a sole proprietor. Okay. Um, which means that I do my taxes with my personal taxes, my business taxes with my personal taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to pay myself every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it changes, but I at least try to pay myself twelve hundred every two weeks. Okay, not bad. Yeah, twelve hundred to two thousand. Great. So, and uh, that's with the idea that like there's extra profits that you're putting back into the business or saving. Yeah, there's extra profits that I'm normally um, buying. Uh, sorry, I'm normally just like putting back into the business. I'm buying tools. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm buying accessories, the hardware for the accessories and stuff. Okay. You know? Do you have an accountant? I don't. I have QuickBooks. Oh, we talked about this in DMs because yeah. I've been teaching and digging into accounting and stuff because I'm going freelance. So mm-hmm. I'm like really geeking out on it. Yeah. I found a wonderful accountant I love because I actually do not love to track that stuff that much. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's hard to wear that hat. Yeah. And keep up with it too. But, yeah. um, you know, I uh, most of what I make for Drainbow Land goes, you know, back into the business, or mm-hmm. it's our income, mine and Colin's income, because right. he helps out with the with Drainbow Land as well. Do you pay him as like a part time employee? Uh, no, but I buy buy him a bunch of things, um, <laughs> like you know, yeah. nice bags or boots for work. Um, yeah. But if he does want something big, then you know, I I, I don't mind putting it on Drainbow Land's account. Yeah. Um, You mentioned that you had put together some figures to share. Mm -hmm. What did you prepare? So I was just looking at my net for last year. I just did my taxes um, not too long ago, as we all did. Um, But Mm -hmm. for my net last year, and that's from working April to December was 48,000. Oh, okay. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and then so far this year, it's just over twenty thousand. Okay. For almost six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hitting good. You know. Yeah. I think if I lived in a bigger city, it might be a little bit smaller. But Savannah is pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been pregnant for 
all of this year. So, and, yeah. you know, they, like, I'm tired and I'm not producing <laughs> as much. So, yeah. Yeah. How are you planning? Well, I mean, that gets us into the maternity question. I'm going to save that because I have more questions I want to be nosy about. Um, the other ways that in which you've like kind of generated income outside of well technically it's through dream bro land because it's dream bro lands um, platforms mm-hmm. but i saw you do like one of those ads for parade and i was like oh my god that's my friend she's doing an ad <laughs> for parade on instagram she's like you know big deal oh <laughs> how does that happen um parade is actually really they they started their affiliate program a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and they've really amped it up okay they've um and they posted about two years ago like any people influencers that wanted to join the brand just to email them fill out a form and i did that and they selected huh. rainbow land to be part of their affiliate program damn yeah um and parade is one of the good companies that you can make some great money you know that's what we call it passive income yeah it's just like yeah i make a couple of posts um so two grid posts you can get uh fifteen dollars for and you can do two a month you can tag them up to five times in your instagram story Mm -hmm. and make five dollars each tag Okay. And then each time your code is used, this is where you're really going to make the money. Each time right. your code is used for your 20% off, you get $10. Okay. So you do an Instagram post on your feed and it's $15. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't seem like much, actually. Like I thought it would be maybe more. But yeah. of course, they actually send you. Do you pay for those products? That No. And, and you get free products. Okay. So that's the. That makes sense more to me then yeah because they send you a bunch of free stuff Mm -hmm. but ooh, so how's that code working out for you because that seems like a way that you could really yeah it's going really well especially this month um they did like a 40 percent off sale yeah and so i made them almost over three thousand dollars and my code was used a lot um and so i made close to 400 and that affiliate program this month which is good yeah. It's easy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also, my customer base is their customer base. Right. You know? Affiliates. I used <laughs> I used their branding to go off of, you know, when, yeah. when researching and stuff. I used their collections and based a lot of that. What's also interesting to me um, is that you showed up. They said, reach out if you want to do this, and you did it. And I think a lot of people think that you have to have certain amount of followers Mm-mm. or you also have to just magically be found and asked to do it somehow. No. And you can be proactive. You can be proactive and, um, you know, you could be a micro influencer, which has less than like 5,000 followers. Oh, you can be a micro influencer. Yeah. So they I have heard th- this term before. I like that. <laughs> so they have, <laughs> I mean, they have anyone, they, they have people with less than a thousand followers, but they, they're trying to be more inclusive as a brand. I like that. So they want anyone to be able to do this program. And in turn, like, you know, I'm making them $3,000 a month. Somebody else is making them 10, you know? Right. So that's really smart. Yeah. It's a really good program. I also like the the fact that you use passive income because I don't think a lot of people think about that enough 
where I paid, I did some consulting with like a social media person and she was like, Sarah, you should be figuring out all these other ways. When I was talking about leaving my job, she was like, Mm -hmm. I could see these methods of passive income for you. She's like, it's so important to build up these kind of streams of income that are very diverse when you're going freelance. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really smart for you. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same um, sentiment that I have going for maternity leave. It's like, okay, this is something that I could do when I'm not making, you know. Have you thought ahead and reached out to any companies for when like you are like a new mother? Like you're definitely with Parade. I've seen your ads, you know, it's stretchy and it makes for real cute maternity (laughs) clothes. Yeah, you've been killing it. Um, Have you reached out to any companies that you think could like work well for you once you've given birth? Yeah, so I'm also... um, an influencer for Girlfriend Collective. Oh, you are? Yeah, yeah. How um, did I not realize that? Well... I must know that. You probably have seen a couple of yeah. posts. Um, but, and their program is great, but I jumped on their maternity line, oh. and they sent me like $300 worth of product, which maternity clothes are not cheap, y'all. <laughs> they are expensive, especially if you want them to last and to be cute. Yeah. Um, and Girlfriend Collective has always been my favorite. They like use recycled water bottles and their clothing, mm-hmm. and they're eco friendly. And um, yeah. and so if you use my code with them, you get twenty five dollars off an order over a hundred. Oh. And each time I get twenty percent of your order. Oh, so it's a percentage base mm-hmm. instead of just a flat fee. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And how's that been working out for you? It's been going good, but you know, I haven't been posting as much for them. Um yeah. just because I'm making more with parade right, right now. But I did just reach out and was like, Hey, I'd I'd like to get on your next um on your next line because I'm not gonna be pregnant for much longer. Right. So but I did the first month um, in April, I made about three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, it's like bringing in one to two hundred a month. OK, so some passive. Yeah. And then so what's interesting, too, is like when you have you have contracts or do you not have contracts? Um, you do, but they're like very um, short lived contracts. So right. Girlfriend Collective, you have like a month to make content and that's probably actually now that I say that that's probably why you haven't seen it because I had that month window Mm -hmm. and now I'm like oh I don't have to do it um right and then you upload all your content on their portal oh Mm -hmm. okay so you want to be on it again and so you're planning it out and you'll sign like another month contract yeah and I'll have like a fulfillment agreement where I have Mm -hmm. to make x amount of story post grid post um, and then maybe review their product too. Right. Is there any other way that they like direct you when you're making the content? Like, is there things that are like, you can't do this or you can do this? No, no. Oh, that's a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, especially with Parade, they're just, they do like, now they're trying to get TikTok going. So yeah. they, they will send you um, top songs to use. Okay. And try and push you in that direction. Yeah. Um, and if you use it by this date, then you get $20 or whatever, you know. Yeah, like a little extra. Yeah. Everything is uh, money driven. I it love is. it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, give us money. We love it. Yeah. Um, is there any other ways that in which 
I mean, we're just naturally going to be going into the maternity conversation before we know it. But I do have a few more questions about Dreamboland as full time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? How do you envision? Because trends come and go, right? Yeah. Like, and I think you're very of the moment right now with trends and your aesthetic, and I think it's very genuine to who you are. And so, not that I think that you would somehow like change your aesthetic a lot but like how do you see it evolving so Dreambow land can continue to grow oh um you know i see myself doing a lot more collabs with artists oh guys also that's brilliant sorry go (laughs) so um this past year i've been i did a valentine's day collab with Mm -hmm. a painter in town um and i hope to do and that went well yeah. And I hope to do more. I'm doing one with Trish Anderson. She is a textile and fiber artist in Savannah. Mm-hmm. And so basically I'm making pouring resin sheets that mimic her her textile art, like her rugs, oh. um, her wool rugs that she put out this past year. Yeah. And um, so I'm making the rugs into like earrings or hair clips and right. I'll have to show you them. Yeah, I want to see those. Um, and then I'm making, I, I think they're going to be more contemporary earrings, but um, they're called floor plan. So it'll be the aerial view of a floor with her rugs on it, um, resin rugs that I make. Um, so I'd like to go more in that direction where I'm just right. collabing more. Like I told you, I started to, teach myself how to marble resin in this certain mm-hmm. way um, because I want to work with uh, my Fawny, my Fawnwee, you know, like her Instagram. She does yeah. marbled, like neon marbled shirts oh, and cool. hats and really fun stuff. They've donated to the raffle before. So okay. I think going in that direction and maybe even dipping my toes into some home goods. Nice. Yeah. That makes sense. I know a mm-hmm. lot of jewelers who are dipping their toes into home goods. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did my, I guess I'm under five, I'm over 5,000 followers, but I'm a micro influencer if I did this. <laughs> I yeah. Did I mean, him. I would say you're definitely an influencer. Sarah. Um, saffron every day, saffron every day. Yeah. Her home goods mm-hmm. and her home goods are like killing I, it. I love. Yes. Yeah. It's my Aleppo. And it's so refreshing to have a jeweler making jewelry displays. Yeah. Because guys, I have so much jewelry and I will never buy one of those like weird tall cedar chest things to put your jewelry in no shade if you have one it's just not me thank you (laughs) (laughs) like i like it's just it's just not me i want to see my jewelry yeah and Mm -hmm. so maya created these like wall things that i just love that are like powder coated and uh, modern and steel cut yeah Yeah. i think that's so brilliant with the collaborations because i've encourage students when they're trying to grow their audience or et cetera to collaborate with other artists because a yes it pushes your creativity mm-hmm. in ways that you might not on your own yeah it's true and then it also does like give you another artist platform or community mm-hmm. and it's this cross promotion yeah yeah it's really beautiful and I, I would suggest to do it and you know collab with an artist that isn't in your field right, right? like um, like how you kind of want to get inspiration from someone who isn't in your a jeweler, right? Like you yeah. don't want to copy them. You want to look at painters or, you know, sculpt sculpture, ceramics. Um, it's the same thing. You know, you get more yeah. inspiration, and I, I I definitely learn more working with 
um, artists in different fields. You know. Have you had any issues with how to like figure out payment for that? Yeah, with um, <laughs> you're like yeah, actually. I'm gonna have contracts moving forward for oh, sure. Um, yeah. You know because. Uh, my last collab we ran into some problems where you know I I think that we didn't lay out expectations right at the forefront of our collab and that yeah. is really important right expectations yeah. are important to talk about all the time yeah and um, I had higher expectations and that didn't get met but that's okay you know that right. wasn't their fault we, d- we should have talked about it more. And so I think that's just something with a contract yeah. that will lay it out on the table. I mean, okay, so I have been going real hard on contract talk lately mm-hmm. and have been so surprised when I reach out to people. And I, the first thing they, because people turn to me for advice. I'm like, sure, whatever. I'm just making it up as I go too. <laughs> but the first thing I always freaking ask is, do you have a contract? Yeah. And I am shocked by how so many people just never have contracts. Mm -hmm. And it's not the fact that you don't trust the other person. It's not the fact that you assume the worst out of them or et cetera. It's just that if you don't set those expectations, like you said, then, you know, you need a contract in place if you want to be able to, um, like compromise on things. Mm -hmm. You need a contract in place just so you don't have to have those awkward concert conversations. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually developing a workshop on co- contracts for artists. Let me know. It's, I mean, yeah, because I've <laughs> yeah. been, I, in the last couple of months, I've written multiple contracts for yeah. myself. And even just like in a simple agreement, that's a Google Doc. Yes. So far. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it can put a damper on um, your sales when you're, mm-hmm. you know, going through a little disagreement during your collaboration. Right. Because not both people are not, they're, they're too worried about the conflict to be putting the love into yeah. promoting the product. That's right. That's a bummer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it worked itself out. Yeah. But, you know, I'm excited. I mean, if you have any questions on contracts, like I took a webinar that was free. I've been talking to other people. I've actually, you know, I wish there was like this, like, I'll share with you contracts that I have. Like this yeah. other freelancer, sh- like, shared with me her contract. You know, I think that's how you learn. You yeah. see other people's contracts. Mm-hmm. You develop them for yourself or adapt right. them. And that's how it happens. Yeah. And at some point, if you have the finances or the ability, have a lawyer look it over to make it sure it's ironclad. Yeah. 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 So. Um, okay. So we talked about the influencers, which was something I was really curious about. Because you see that so much online. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to gauge... Because I'm just going to say I've also worked with like having an influencer, an influencer dynamic that their pricing was ridiculous. But of course, you know, this person had over 200,000 followers. Oh, yeah. But even then, like it's I can't say these figures online, but um, I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's crazy how much for like one grid post. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And Mm -hmm. like stories and seeing an influencer contract really opened my mind to like what kind of details should be listed to influencer contracts are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your maternity leave policy for (laughs) your rainbow land? It's really up in the air. (laughs) We had no maternity leave policy. YOLO. Just kidding. Um, Well, 
I have, um, so I have on my website, you could pay with PayPal. Right. And so all my PayPal money, <laughs> I've been saving up and just transferring that money over to savings. Oh, and like it didn't exist. Like it doesn't even exist because, you know, the Stripe front funds from my website go directly into my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we've been saving money for a maternity leave. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I kind of love that. Yeah. It was the easiest way for me mentally to do it instead of like, you know, oh, $1,000 here or there. It's just like, oh, just let that PayPal money build up. Yeah. And um, and it worked out. So, yeah, yeah we saved... About 12000 I was just going to say, like, how much you save? <laughs> uh, for 12000 ish. Yeah. But I have one more drop, so I think we might hit 15000 Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then that'll be for two months. I mean, we're not going to spend that much money in two months. No, that's great. But you yeah. have your emergency fund in there. Exactly. Um, You know, if we need to spend $300 on baby formula, I don't know. Hopefully yeah. not. No, that's um, depressing. But uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have my last drop. My shop is closed down. I'll have my final shop drop on June 10th. And then yeah. I hope to have everything shipped by June 13th and or 14th. And everybody, I'm just going to acknowledge this here. I... I worked with a podcast coach, and so I'm doing perceived value a little different. I'm recording my fifth season throughout the summer, and then I'm releasing, starting to release the season in August, September. So as this comes to air, you will be well into motherhood. Yes. Yeah. 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 So w- when this airs, I could could be um, coming, rolling out with the next Rainbowland raffle, you know. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I plan to have an eight-week pregnancy leave, at least. Okay. What is... Tra- I, I feel so bad for not knowing this, because America's totally s- screwed up with, like, whole maternity leaves. But, like, if you worked for, like, a corporation, what would a maternity leave be anyways? Like, is it, like, three months? Well, I mean, it depends on what state you work on work in. Oh, um, it depends on the company. Yeah. Um, but eight weeks know. sounds nice. Yeah. To I not do anything. Are you going to do man, that? I mean, I'll probably be working on the Trish Anderson collab. Yeah. Um, but that's fun. You know, that's like a, me playing around, being a little experimental in the studio. Yeah. Um, and I might pour some extra sheets to have calling cut out. Right. On the CNC machine for when I do come back so I can roll out with a drop right away um we didn't really acknowledge that too i mean i really respect how much you have like delved into your process and your skill set and like really honed these processes and it was really fun to see that your partner colin was like cnc routing pieces for you yeah yeah and they're amazing you guys i had two in my hair to take them off because the headphones but the butterfly clips, girl, the butterfly clips. I know. People want them all the time. Make more. I yeah, I should. Make those iridescent ones. Why don't I you make know. more iridescent People ones? will not leave me alone about them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Keep mugging me. <laughs> um, well, they're just real finicky to make. So I buy oh. those. Actually, Shannon, who's in the 3D department at SCAD, she cuts those out on the 3D laser. Oh, okay. Um on the printing machine and then I have a line bender an acrylic line bender and so I bend those to to shape um so Colin doesn't make those but he does make the other the flat landed butterfly clips oh okay Mm -hmm. not landed the flat ones um 
but I will I need to make more of them they just are a little bit yeah they're labor intensive yeah and the iridescent ones get scratched really easily right um just because they're like clear and finicky and when I bend them on the line bender like sometimes that film the iridescent film will um melt oh burn or something yeah Yeah. so yeah Okay, fair and, enough. You know, like, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but, like, they get to a point where it's like, I can't sell this, you know? Um, I don't think I've ever seen a Dreambow Land second sale. Yeah, the, I I did one locally. Ooh. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. There it is, guys. was not on the internet. It wasn't. Know. People really wanted it, but I do have a whole drawer full of seconds that I'm thinking about releasing, where it's like, you just go and spend $50, you get five pieces. Girl, you should do that before you're returning. <laughs> like, I'm like, do this before you pop out that child. <laughs> but I mean, that could be a nice thing to like prep the mystery bags. And oh, then yeah, do, that's do true. That, like before, you know, like that's a lot of like, I mean, the product's already there. Yeah, that's true. I just have to um, sand them and. Oh, okay. but it's not. A, that's not a big deal. They're already poured. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, but they are still really cute, but I just couldn't sell them, you know. They I like, think when people know that, because I've done that with other companies, like Room Shop will actually do that, where she'll yeah. do the mystery bag. I've bought a mystery bag before, and I think that's a nice way to, like, clear out your inventory instead of have it sit on a sales page. Yeah. Or, like, do a seconds. And if you know it's a seconds, and you're, you know you're hey, getting. You're, uh, you're using less waste, huh? They're not just sitting in the studio. Yeah. Ooh, I can't Recycling wait. that product. I, I'm going shopping after this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, other things I wanted to ask about, I just want to check in with you because this is a lot of change. Yeah. I've been a mess the last couple of months mm-hmm. preparing to like knowing that my last day at work would be May 1st, even regardless before my work even knew. There's like this buildup and anticipation and whatever. I can't imagine what it's like for pregnancy. That's nine months of anticipation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You yeah. know, um, I'm, I've had a really healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and I feel good. I haven't been nauseous. And so I've been taking it in stride. Um you know people compliment me and they're really nice to me all the time and so that helps (laughs) we were talking at lunch you're like people are just so nice to me and you were like we're gonna take this table they're like yeah yeah you can have it yeah we changed tables twice (laughs) yeah well you're real pregnant and that table came up to like lower belly height i was like absolutely not this is so uncomfortable um but i'm doing really well you know like this last trimester this last month has been a little bit harder because it all this like it doesn't feel like my body anymore right um and i'm i have carpal tunnel um and i my hand has been numb for a week my right hand oh is that all new yeah like i guess 80 percent of women who are pregnant get carpal tunnel in the third trimester and does it go away yes okay most of the time okay. but I think mine is just really bad because i'm sanding i'm using my hands all the time right you know i'm trying not to sleep on my hands you know or tuck them away at night um but yeah so that's been the real struggle Mm -hmm. is the carpal tunnel lately yeah which i I don't think a lot of people talk about (laughs) i've never heard that conversation it's weird as we get older you know i'm about to turn 37 you're 37 i'm 37 yeah yeah and i turn 37 next month like this is the age where people are like 
shit or get off the pot. Like they're having kids or they're not. Yeah. And so I'm learning a lot more about, um, I'm going to say two words, mucus plug. I'm not going to go any more into it, but someone told me what that was and I was like, oh my God, I can't unlearn it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much about, no, shocker, like movies and television didn't teach me everything I needed to know about pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like a water breaks and then all of a sudden there's a baby and that's not really it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get that placenta out too, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and then you know you can put it in pill form. I heard. I don't know why you would do that. I mean, yes. I never mind. We're we digress. Um, other things about that. Are you? I know you're excited, but yeah. as a small business owner, I don't know how you wouldn't be slightly worried about how you're going to like keep it going. I think the expectation of our country is so unrealistic that like have children, but also be the most amazing mother and also be the most amazing business owner and partner. Like, do you, I hope you give yourself so much tenderness, but like what issues do you anticipate? Um, I, you know, time management, I think, you know, I think about that a lot and I try to envision what my day in the studio will look like when when I have a, the baby is here, you know? Yeah. Um, luckily, Colin works four 10-hour days, so he'll be home on Fridays, and that will be, I think, a big studio day for me. Yeah. Um, I think also the evening, my, uh, I might do a few days. Right. Uh, or a few hours, I'm sorry. Um, and, yeah, I think I'm just going to have to roll with the punches and uh, not have any expectations going into it. <laughs> Yo, I can't wait for your accessory line for babies. I know. I'm like... Drainbow baby. Come on. I know. You know, parents are already sending me pictures of kids and their daisy clips and everything. Yeah. So um, it could move in that direction. I could be like, you know, I've already looked at the electrical outlets and been like why don't they make cute little safety guards to put in those electrical outlets instead of the like crappy little white ones like the ugly ones yeah why isn't it a flower i mean you did that (laughs) you guys i have this purse that is like super expensive but i got it at a resale spot and i think the reason why a lot of it was sold down is because the hardware was gone like a very significant piece of hardware which i don't miss and you were like oh why don't i just make you a cute little daisy there (laughs) I was like, I love you. Yeah. That kind of... Put a daisy on it. That kind of mindset is going to take you so far, girl. (laughs) Put a daisy on it. Um, But yeah, I think not having any expectations and also just taking the help when I can get it, right? Oh, yeah. If a friend is like, hey, let me come over and you can work in the studio, then yeah. Yeah. Come on over and hold this baby. (laughs) Let your community help you. (laughs) Yeah. It's super Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I haven't brought it up because there's so many other lovely things to talk to you about but I really appreciate the raffles that you do can you describe to listeners because we've referenced them what the raffles are yeah Mm -hmm. um so I in 2020 started doing Drainboland and Friends raffles and um it's basically where I get a bunch of my friends or people that I turn into friends on instagram yeah Yeah. um i get them or ask them if they will donate a piece of their artwork and we have a week-long raffle 
and the proceeds will be donated to a nonprofit, mutual aid. Um, so yeah, since 2020, I've done about five, mm-hmm. and we've raised almost, I think, over ten thousand dollars now. Nice for the Drain Berlin raffle. Um, I have one big one a year, and Sarah mm-hmm. was in the last big one, which is normally around November. Be- right. Because, right? Yeah. 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 Because, uh, you know, then people can use them for Christmas gifts. And mm-hmm. this next one, I'm planning a baby raffle. Okay, that's cute. There it yeah, is. Yeah, so it's going to be in August. Yeah. Um, and it's a smaller raffle. It's with 12 artists. Mm-hmm. We've got a really good group of people. Um some oh she's got notes i do have notes i have to put them up (laughs) you can read your notes so uh you know the locals that always help out are tatiana cabral smith and we are donating she's a jeweler in town and Mm -hmm. we're donating to her um she's also a therapist and counselor oh wow awesome and she does a sliding scale system for um the bipoc community in savannah okay and so it's gonna be all the proceeds will be donated to that sliding scale therapy. Nice. Yeah. Therapy is so important. Yeah. So, and yeah. she's amazing. And she's really someone who influenced me with the raffles. And she donates 15% of her proceeds to nonprofits. Um, and so she's kind of like, she'll always be in the friends yeah. raffle. You know, she's so in, she's been in every one. Oh great. Um Trish Anderson will have one of her art mats in it. Charlotte Masters, who we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um and then we have Kyria Jules. Mm, I you don't know, know. Um I think her and Georgina are friends, but she yeah. makes she's in New York City, but she makes the um <gasps> Oh my gosh, Ashley. Ashley, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I just yelled. Yeah, Ashley. Yeah, yeah. I know Ashley. Yeah. Oh yeah. rad. So she's gonna be in it. Um Sasha Rapp. She's like stain she's a uh, multidisciplinary artist, but she makes like stained glass, uh Freedom Ali, she's a local ceramic artist, and a bunch of other people. It's um, the raffles are good. Yeah. They're really good. I al- I always want to win. Yeah. But I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so normally I just try and um, get everyone to do a trade with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that'll be in August. And good. That'll be kind of my comeback. I like how you fold in activism in your business. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's just like something you do. And it's fun to watch. Like you put so much into it, like the photo shoots for it. And yeah. Um, you really play it up, so that's yeah. We always have a local photographer donate their time, yeah, which helps out a lot because right, the right. photos just look really good. Oh, the photos look really good, and you shared, you shared so much as like a participant in it. You're like, here's a folder with all the images and blah blah blah. Like you're very organized in the way that you you do it as well. Like it felt on my end very professional. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Made it easy. <laughs> um, we should probably wrap up here, but. I wanted to say thank you for taking the time to do this. I'm. It's been so wonderful to get to see. I think you alluded to it once, but I invited you to the Pentaculum residency when I was running that, and just seeing you like do some powder coating there, and then see you like take these processes mm-hmm. and make them your own and go with them. It's, um, it's really fun to watch an artist like that. 
Thank you. Yeah, you go all in. Yeah, yeah. It's thank exciting you. to watch. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on or say that you want to mention? Um, I don't. I don't think so. You yeah. know. Um, the only thing I could think of is that we didn't talk about pitch decks. You <gasps> wanted to know what a pitch deck was. Oh, real quick. Yeah, just tell me what a pitch deck is. <laughs> so my sister-in-law works for BuzzFeed, and she's kind of um, always telling me what to do because she's a project manager and she works with we a lot of that. brands and you know she's been really helpful but she yeah. was like oh just send them a pitch deck and I'm like oh yeah yeah okay, okay I'll Google send a what a pitch deck is <laughs> um <laughs> story of my life for but, real yeah but basically it's a powerpoint um presentation to pitch your brand to another brand to collaborate or to influence you know or get in, uh, into their affiliate program and so you know oh. it, you could get them on google um you can download them on google drive like an actual pitch deck yeah. that's like a template yeah you could d- download the template and huh. and then you could just switch it up i put a cute image of myself of some things that i make why we why we would be a good fit and what I would do to lift your brand up. Interesting. So normally I'm trying to get like packaging <laughs> stickers. <laughs> right. Boxes with my branding on them. You oh, know. So you're um, sending out pitch decks to a lot of people to try to get that. Yeah, because that, the packaging is really expensive. You right, know? right, right. Um, I haven't landed one yet. But that's how I land a Girlfriend Collective. Um, and then that's how I get some good discounts. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I haven't done a lot lately. And also, you could just switch up. You could use the same pitch check and just, like, switch up the wordage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should. Okay. Interesting. I love this. Yeah. Like I could show you one of mine. A, I do want to. I want yeah. to see one of yours. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I might be putting together a pitch deck. I mean, you use the word micro-influencer. <laughs> I was like, oh. I want to be one of those. You are already one. Get me some of that. <laughs> I want some free swag. Yes, yes, all the free swag. <laughs> Paige, oh, it has been so fun having you on the podcast. Yeah. Also, um, you have been one of my longest running and most um, prolific, I guess. Was that the word you would say? Uh, generous. I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> generous. Generous is the word, girl. Um, patrons on Patreon. Oh, well, yeah. I, lo- I love perceived value. Oh, well, thank so, you for supporting us through the years. Yeah, I'm so it's happy taught to me a lot. Oh, that's good to know. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be an educational resource. Mm-hmm. It's a way for me to like meet people. But first and foremost, I want people to le- learn from what these conversations yeah. are. Feel less alone. You know, feel less alone is really yeah. important. That's kind of the best part about recording season five right now is that I'm in transition I quit my job I'm going freelance and I'm freaking out you're gonna do good but doing the next season as I'm doing this big transition is like helping me mentally yes you've done it before we already talked about that oh yeah I can do it again been there done that ah you're so great (laughs) all right everyone well don't worry at the time I release this episode, I'll have lots of images and updates about Paige. So stay tuned for that. You'll be hearing this episode in like August, September when she's a full-time mother. Mm. Okay, everyone. This has been another episode of Perceived Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists, creatives, anybody trying to get a paycheck off of their creativity. Until next time. 
Perceived Value is a podcast recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Perceived Value. Stream us directly from our website at perceivedvaluedpodcast.com or listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Just don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for listening.